Today's topic is one that uh, sometimes gets a little bit, not controversial, but it makes people kind of uncomfortable. And, and so I just want to throw this out there, and I apologize if anyone gets offended by this or anything like that. But we're just going to talk, let me, let me share the things that Jesus said, and then we'll try to go back and, and take a look at it. So he's talking to the religious leaders, and he says, you have heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That's a lot to unpack. Now, the first thing that I want to address is the whole cutting off the arm and plucking out the eyes and all of that kind of stuff. Sometimes we we get uncomfortable sometimes when we, when we read that, but let's put it into context here. Jesus is not telling somebody that if, if he's sinning, they're, they're supposed to mutilate and, and cut off pieces of ourselves. He's actually being, uh, he's exaggerating. He's painting a picture. Jesus, one of the gifts that Jesus had that uh, we often forget about is that he was a fantastic, phenomenal communicator and a phenomenal storyteller. And as we tell stories and as we uh, go to speakers and things like that, today we, we go to, to dramatic plays, we go to shows, and we'll see things that are kind of uh, stretched out to make a point. Jesus was all about that too. He was all about painting pictures for us so that we would get the point. And oftentimes that would mean uh, a little bit of exaggeration. A little bit of even talking about, uh, you know, uh, better to cut your arm off than to send the whole body to hell. He's not really saying that you have to, if you, if, if you have stolen a cookie with this hand, it needs to go away, otherwise your whole body is actually going to hell. He's not saying that, but he's trying to paint a picture of the importance it is to be a person of your word and to be a person of your vows and to be a person of commitment to other people, to our community. He's talking about the importance of that. He stretches it a little bit. He paints a big picture. He, he, he does this here, and he does this in other places too. And sometimes we get into big danger uh, parts when we take uh, passages out of the Bible, and we take them verbatim, and we use them oftentimes to really do some harm and some hurt against our neighbors. We often use biblical text as weapons and, and Jesus never intended us to do that. He never intended us to take uh, passages like that uh, verbatim or literally. It's, it's not the point of the conversation. It's just like some of the, the rules that the, the, the people that Jesus is talking to at the time would take just verbatim. And Jesus was trying to tell us that even like uh, stretching the truth, the, the, the rules themselves, they're not about just following the rules. What he's trying to communicate with people is it is about the heart. It is about our intention. It is about our motive. It's about kindness, and it's about treating people with love. 
if you follow the, the messages of Jesus, you will find that that really is the underlying message. And that's the underlying message that we teach here at Neighbors too, is that being a Christian means being loving and being kind to one another. And, and, and it's, a, it's a movement. It's not just something that we follow when we memorize the verse here and we memorize the verse there or that we, use, we don't pluck things out to use against people. It's about the overall story of kindness. And that's where it leads to the conversation that he's talking about here with divorce. Now, this has been something that has been used many times to pressure people to stay within the boundaries of their committed marriage. And as we know, every one of us today knows somebody that has gone through a, a marriage that has just not worked out uh, for one reason or another. Uh, we have many people in our church that are divorced. We have many people in our churches that are remarried. We have many people leading churches that are divorced and remarried. I'm one of them. And so when you read something like a passage about the divorce part, if you have gone through something that just didn't work out, a passage like this just read on face value can hurt, and it can really make you feel like you have failed already. Uh, it can make you feel like the marriage that you, have, uh, that you are in now is somehow uh, not legitimate or a sin. And we can use those passages to really cause people to feel very poorly. Now, many of us, we have been in relationships that haven't worked one way or another. We've been in relationships that have been unhealthy situations, hurtful situations, harmful situations. And again, many people have used this passage to keep people in harmful situations. They feel pressured that if they don't do something uh, to stay in the relationship, that they are somehow sinning. Uh, and Jesus, again, just like the cutting off the arm, the plucking out the eye, he's generalizing here, and he's talking about something uh, underlying. Uh, he, he's, Christ knows uh, that, uh, many, that some of us are in pain, and some of us have been uh, harmed in, in relationships or in marriage. Uh, Jesus does not want any of us to continually be harmed or in an unhealthy situation. Christ does want us to be loved, and Christ does want us to be happy. And so we must look at that underlying picture, that, that message of, of kindness, happiness, and love throughout all of the texts. And so when he is talking about something uh, that sounds black and white, there's so many times that there's really a gray there, and we have to look a little bit deeper. If you look at the culture at the time, men had a certain status, and they had power, and women simply did not. Uh, oftentimes, women were abused. Uh, oftentimes, women were not seen as uh, equal human beings. They just weren't. Uh, it's a, something that even if you look at the passage, you'll notice that Jesus is saying, um, he, he's talking to the men. He's talking to men about women. And it's not a very inclusive verbiage there. He's talking about men uh, committing adultery with women. He's not talking about women committing adultery with men. And no, that doesn't mean that women can go ahead and, and commit adultery. 
he's actually talking about something a little bit uh, more important here. He's talking about kindness, and he's talking about respect. He's saying to the men, because, because they are in a powerful situation, men often took advantage of women. They saw them as tools. They saw them as uh, a utility. They saw them in a very, uh, sometimes a very abusive sexual way. Uh, it was okay for a man to um, uh, hurt his wife. It was okay and often justified for a man to punish his wife. Uh, and it was uh, the obligation of the wife to be there for the husband, uh, both uh, emotionally and physically. And a lot of times, men have, throughout history, they have taken advantage of that. Oftentimes, we have, as men, have looked at women uh, without We've looked at them physically without seeing the whole picture of who that person, that individual is. And Jesus is talking about the hypocrisy of that. Remember, his message here is about kindness, and it's about respecting people. So when he tells people that you cannot commit adultery, but even if you look at a woman that way, you are committing adultery. Because it's easy for a man to say, look, I haven't really done anything, but I do treat women as objects, and I do treat them without respect. I do only look at them this way. What Jesus is trying to tell us during that time is that um, even looking at them disrespectfully in your mind is the same as treating them disrespectfully. And he's talking about the, the commitment to, the, to, to marriage now, I do believe that Jesus wants us to be, uh, if, if we choose to marry, Jesus wants to be happy in that marriage. Jesus wants us to be loving, and Jesus wants us to be loved. And so, when we're in a marriage, He is for that. He does want us to be happy in that marriage. He does want us to be a celebration. He wants us to be committed in that, in that marriage, and He doesn't want us to take that marriage for granted. He does know that sometimes that doesn't work out. And he does know that sometimes it's necessary for us to walk away from certain things so that we may rebuild in our lives, that we may get healthy again. Marriage at the time was something where, again, if people were being disrespected, if one sex was, was superior to the other and could abuse that other, and then if they were done abusing that other, they could just give them a certificate and say, okay, I'm done with you, I'm bored with you, I'm on to the next one. That's disrespectful. It's unkind. It's not seeing a human being as a human being. And so the message here is not the actual thing about divorce and all this and the certificate and you've got to walk in the straight line. It is about what is your motive here? When you are in a relationship with somebody else, are you treating that person the way truly that you would want to be treated? Or are you in it for self-centered reasons? Are you disrespecting that person? Because if you are, whether you divorce them or not, you are creating a sin. Remember, a sin is any time that we cause harm to somebody else or cause harm to ourselves, or do something 
that blocks our view of God. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He's, the underlying message of all of this is that if you are committed to somebody, uh, that means that you treat them kindly and you treat them properly and you treat them as a person. Now, he also talks about the, the adultery. And it's funny that, you know, you notice that he talks about adultery and then he goes right into the chopping off the hand and chop, plucking out the eye and all of that kind of stuff. Adultery is uh, one of the, the areas that can cause uh, much, much damage to, it, to any relationship. And I'm going to take this moment to do a little bit of um, personal stories. Uh, your pastor is definitely not a, a perfect individual. Never has been, never will be. And my past is one that, uh, that I would have been the one that he was talking to at this time. There was a time in my life where I went from, to use uh, uh, the crass statement, I went from uh, one, one night stand to the other. When I was uh, in radio, I uh, did a lot of things that I regret. Uh, I wasn't um, abusive in a, in a physical sense, but I uh, was in a, uh, many non-committed relationships. I was in a lot of times when I um, uh, had those, those one-night stands, those, those things where there was only one thing in mind. It got to the point where I continually started to hate myself more and more. And I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it. I, I got to a point where um, the, the, uh, the, the, the short-term dates, I'm trying to be as, as, as clean here as I can, but the, the, the short-term dates, we'll call them, uh, were defining my self-worth. I, as I've mentioned before, I'm a very, uh, I have struggled throughout my entire life with, uh, with low self-esteem, insecurity. And you would think that when someone's like in radio, there are times when people are, are calling in and they're telling you that you're funny and all of that kind of stuff, that that, that would make you uh, feel like you're on top of the world. But what you find is that you're in there, the reason that you're even doing it is to get uh, that reassurance that sh- you're doing okay. Um, and the more people would tell you you're doing okay, the more that you would need someone else to tell you that you're doing okay. And that led to a lot of those short-term dates. And each one of those was to try to tell myself that I was uh, a good person, an attractive person, a popular person, whatever the case may be. But it got into a routine where it didn't, it didn't hold water. It did not last. Those short-term uh, joys never, never lasted because what the action that I was doing, I knew was harmful. And I knew it wasn't who I wanted to be. It wasn't the person that I wanted to be deep down inside. The person deep down inside, the soul of me, knew that I was causing harm to myself and I wasn't treating people kindly. 
Anytime that you do something in a short-term gain of a one-night stand, neither party is treating each other with respect or kindness. And at the end of the night, I would go back to feeling terrible about myself. And it became this vicious cycle of trying to find ways to feel good about myself and then feeling terrible about myself and trying to do something else to feel good about myself. There was, no, there was no inside joy in my heart. There were moments of happiness, but there was no joy. And there were times where I would have rather have cut my arm off than to go through this again. And it got to a point where I wasn't sure how to get out of it. And it cost me relationships. It cost me friendships. And it did put me into a a position where I was not able to view my neighbor as a full person, but as rather how I could try to to rely on them to build my self-worth up. And I wanted out. It wasn't until I gave up that life completely out of just pure desperation that I was able to rebuild. It wasn't until I divorced that part of me before I was able to rebuild and find out exactly who I was. It's sometimes you get caught into something that is so hard to get out of it, but once you're able to finally get out of it, you're able to look inside the box and say, that, that was so harmful and so hurtful, and it wasn't helping self-worth at all. And it wasn't until I was able to step out of that. And, and truly, I'm going to sound like a, a big tent revival here, <laughs> But it truly was my relationship with Christ that saved me from that. It's when I felt like I lost everything. I was no longer at this time, I was no longer uh, in radio. I no longer had the people uh, calling me in the morning and telling me that I was funny and all that stuff. I no longer had any of those short-term moments of of self-esteem. It was my own kind of rock bottom, I guess. And it was at that time that I realized that I had Christ in my life. And it was at that time that I realized that Christ's love for me uh, was a pretty good way to start. Because the more that I started to experience the love of Christ and the more I started to study the Word of God and all of that kind of stuff, the more I was able to understand what God's love is. Not the stuff that I had heard as a kid about God being judgmental and mean and telling you all this kind of stuff and just disappointed in you all the time, but the more I was able to say that God's actually there rooting for you. That was the first time that I heard Jesus described as an advocate. And the more that I realized that Jesus was following, uh, that was, was, was with me, the more I was following Christ, the more that I realized that Christ was love, the more I started to realize what true love to oneself is. I, I started to understand that, uh, that I'm okay, that I'm a good person, that I've made mistakes in my life, but I, every day is a new beginning. 
And it was at that time that I was actually okay. I, I, didn't, need, uh, I didn't need to use people to feel good about myself. I didn't need to use my neighbor as an object to build my own self-worth up. At this point, I was actually okay with just being by myself, okay with being alone. I was, for the first time, I was secure. I was okay uh, for, because I was able to, to, to take that thing away. You know, Jesus talks about cutting off your, your, your arm or plucking out your eye. I was able to remove that thing from my life. I was able to uh, symbolically remove that arm, to pluck that eye, and to see the world differently. I was able to shut it off and to take it out. And that's when I felt like I was no longer in hell. That's when I felt like I was living again. So when Christ talks about cut off your arm and remove it rather than to have your whole body live in hell, he's talking about if you continue this stuff, if you continue hurting people and yourself, you will continue to feel like you are at your wit's end. I lived by myself for a while. I started uh, ministry. I answered a, a, what I felt was a, a deep call to God. You believe it or not, the actions of this bum, I was being able to move past that so much and heal that I actually, when God called me, I felt like, okay. And it was during this stage of my life that I felt reborn and felt new. When Christ talks about the things that we can do to harm people and to harm ourselves, he does say, remove yourself from it, move on. And I was able to do that. For the first time, I was able to do that. And that's when I met my lovely wife. And for the first time ever, I was able to be in a relationship where I felt respected and I respected, where I felt loved and I was able to truly love, where I felt a friendship, where I saw the layers of what loving somebody is. You know, we're coming up on Valentine's Day. For the first time, I was able to see what that means to, to love, to, to want to spend your life with somebody, not because of selfish ambitions or, or that they needed to feed something in me, but the way that we could just be partners in life and loving partners and really have a, a healthy, happy, and joyful marriage. And that is what Jesus is talking about, that he hopes for all of us, is that whoever we wind up with it, what he wants in our lives more than anything is for us to be loved and to feel loved. Not to use one another, but to see the whole picture of one another. To see the good, the bad, the, the, the layers. And that's when he's talking about being committed to something. And being committed to something that, uh, that you can give something and you can receive something. And the both of you stay healthy good times and bad times. We can lose that when we, 
when we lose our perspective and when we start to uh, treat people uh, uh, less than. My prayer for us is that every one of us, uh, we're not only committed we, to each other in, in, in our marriages, in our relationships, but we see our neighbor that way too. That we don't uh, objectify somebody or, 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 or see them as just one thing or less than or an object, but we see them as a person, a person that is loved by God. That's what this whole message of adultery and marriage, that's what it's all about. It's simply put, Christ wants us to love God, Christ wants us to love ourselves, and Christ wants us to love our neighbor with respect, with dignity, and with joy. Let's pray. Loving God, Help us to, if we are, if we are in a situation that, that is hurting us or hurting another person, help us to see that. Help us to take an inventory of where we're at in our lives and, and help us to find ways to heal, to find ways to uh, feel the joy. Help us to work past moments of just temporary happiness and help us to find long-term joy. Joy means uh, belief even during good times and bad times. It's not a, a joy is not a condition of, of our surroundings, but an inner being, an inner feeling of, of who we are in our relationship with you. Help us be committed to that relationship so that we could be committed to loving each other. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. I, I pray that every one of us truly understands what what love is uh, and that we feel it and that we learn how to share it i pray that every one of us looks at every action that we do and asks ourselves is this in any way harming myself or others by doing this am i causing harm and by staying in something moving left moving right Whatever we're doing in our lives, are we treating each other with love, kindness, and respect? And are we doing the same for ourselves? Because you know what? Jesus really does love you and wants you to be joyful. And he wants the same for your neighbor. May we see that as we continue to strive to love God, to love ourselves, and to love our neighbor. Amen. Have a good week.